All right, what's up? This is the Urban Youth Pastor Podcast. Real talk about gospel ministry among urban or low-income or minority youth. I'm Vic King. Uh, I'm a chaplain at Helping Up Mission, and I'm here with... Joel Brown. And Blake Shite. What do you guys do? I'm a, a spiritual pediatrician, or, <laughs> or, or I could call it a youth pastor. All right. At New Sound right. Community Church. In Sandtown, Baltimore. Yes. Where we are right now. Yes. We are recording in the Sandtown Worship and Arts Center. There you go. And I'm Blake Shite, and uh, I've been at Faith Christian Fellowship in East Baltimore for the last six years, and I'll be heading down to Lakeland, Florida, in the hood down there at Strong Tower Church. Are you cl- are you cleaning out your office today? I'm cleaning out my office today. Today's my last my last day, mm. and I'll be starting seminary and working part time as a youth minister down in Florida going to RTS starting this this fall. Sweet. That's gonna be great. Yeah. Theology nerds, uh, listen up. He just told me he registered for a class with John Frame. John Frame, there you go. The very large, in mind and stature, <laughs> man down in Orlando. That's right. Today we're going to talk about parents and families, which is huge for any youth ministry anywhere, uh, but wrought with complexities. Right. When we're talking about um, urban or especially low-income context. And so to start off, when we say parents, I mean, I'm assuming we're going to say parents most of the time throughout this episode, but what are we talking about when we say parents? Like, what are some of the shapes, you know, parenthood or whatever yeah. can take among the kids in your youth groups? Yeah. I mean, in reality, it's it's just whoever their guardian is, right? It could be uncles. It could be aunts. It could be um, grandma. It could be granddad. It could be the older brother. Older brother just had to take over. Uh, I, had, I had two guys in our youth group. Uh, Mom died when they were young. Dad was never around, and Grandma raised them, and, and she she choked on some pork rind, believe it or not, and died uh, after my second year of, of youth ministry. We had to get involved as a church and figure out, you know, who's going to be the guardian, and we wound up having their 22-year-old brother uh, became their guardian. So, I mean, it, it can get complicated. It gets really—it's uh, it's not nice, neat, and clean, and so you try to figure out how do you, how do you work alongside the, fi- the family dynamics and— that's what we're going to talk about today. But guardians, the word I would use, who are their guardians legally? Yeah, it's true. You know, you I've seen families where, you know, it's just the mother or just just the father or both father and mother. I've seen grandmother and grandfather, mm-hmm. um, just like Blade said, sisters, brothers. Um, I've seen a family where the mother passed and the father just kind of left and the brother had to take over. Yeah. Um, and I've also seen, believe it or not, where the child actually is raising themselves yeah. with a mother and a father not really uh, there or around or neglectful. Um, I've seen um, uh, p- kids who parents were, quote unquote, missionaries, and they've been gone for years mm. and they mail back money, whatever, but they're truly actually neglected. Mm. And so you got students who through the whole high school life have lived in a huge house by themselves with they have money, they pay bills, they have to eat. And have to go to school, and there's no parents. Wow. Mm-hmm. So how do, how do you guys conceive of what's your goal for your your relationship with your students, families, or parents, or guardians, or whatever? Like, what do you see your role as, like relative to them in the child's life? Well, maybe it's kind of an abstract question, but I think it might be helpful, kind of going in. Yeah, it is. Like, that's a good. That's something mm. good to define. Well, I would think that. My role is to is to actually not be the parent, even though sometimes in youth ministry we, we feel like we're the parent, but is actually to allow the student 
through what they're learning in discipleship or whatever to love their parents Mm -hmm. and to obey them um, in the way the Lord wants them to. Um, And there are times when the parents might not be doing the right thing, but the student knows what to do and it's not their place to correct the parent. Mm -hmm. But it's also, I'm hoping that through this child or, you know, through these kids or whoever, that the parent would want to actually get on board. Right. Um, Not with the youth ministry, but actually with the church. Mm -hmm. You know, we would want them to say, okay, this, my young, this student is learning this, is doing that. Let's hope, let's see what else they're doing. Maybe, you know, um, I can get on board or maybe I can be a part of it. One thing I would, my, one of the role is I want the parents to value what the youth ministry is doing mm-hmm. so that they can be part of it and hence be part of the church. Right. So you see your, your primary goal as discipling the, the kids, the students, mm-hmm. but secondarily, perhaps through that, you know, to the degree that you disciple them, also encouraging the parents mm-hmm. to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. If like, not, if they're not already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this is this is interesting, right? So like a lot of church and youth ministry books that are written from like a real white context, um, they'll say things, and I, and I agree with them to the extent. And middle class. Um, and just middle class. Very much talk about like parents are the primary disciplers. Mm-hmm. Well, amen, mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. They are. It's a great goal. That is the great goal. But, but when you have these these dynamics that, yeah. that can be very difficult and hard to understand, what is our role? So the word that keeps coming up is I want to assist and I use that kind of as a sports analogy too. Like mm-hmm. I'm the point guard. I want to assist the ball to to my to my playmakers who are going to win the game, and that's the guardians. But sometimes uh, the the guardians, depending on each kid and their parent and how that or their guardian how that works, you do more assisting. Yes, it, it really is in the context of each child that you have in the in your youth ministry. Um, some some have phenomenal parents and you're just coming alongside very normal and just trying to help in any way you can. And they're the primaries. And then others, you might not even ever meet their parents. Yeah. And so you, you, uh, you do, you do maybe more shepherding and mentoring and kind of helping in those, 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 but assisting is kind of the word I have. And and that has various degrees of what that looks like. Right. Um, So let's, let's get into it. What are some ways that you've learned to encourage mm-hmm. and and dignify parents, yeah, in their difficult task of mm-hmm. parenting. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I, I have a philosophy that it, with if you ever youth pastor whatever, I, I think you should take on the philosophy that you should try to meet every parent, mm-hmm. not only just meet them, but actually go to their house, sit down with them, and just have a casual conversation. I mean, I've been to people's houses where I'm playing spades. Yeah. I, I'm just a guest. Or I've been to somebody's house when we're just talking about current affairs or just mm-hmm. anything. But you just need to go to the house and just hang out with them. Yeah. Have dinner with them. Um, just get get to actually know them. And what are the benefits of that for you? Oh, the, oh man. What yeah. the benefit is, well, one, relationship. Yeah. And also, it, it, it they get to know what you're about and who. And not and, and who you stand for. Mm-hmm. So instead of just saying, "Oh, this is just a, a positive thing. This is just a daycare center. This is just something for my kids to do." No, they actually take value in who you are because you're actually sitting down with them, talking with them, letting them get to know who you are, what you're about, where you're mm-hmm. going, what you hoping for that for for that uh, child, and that helps a lot. Yeah, that helps a lot. Did you do that? Did you do that at first? I came? did. Okay. Where'd I you did. Where'd you learn the value? Of that was that. 
Tennessee, uh, when I was living in Chattanooga when I was with Young Life, it, 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 I just sort of honed it. I just said, you know what? I just want to meet some of the parents. Mm-hmm. And so I made it part of my job to meet every parent, sit down, talk, let them share what, what do they believe, what are their values. And same thing with me. You know, what, what am I believing? What, and, and you can tell when they, when they know who you are and what you're about because you might come into the house and they might have like maybe a cigarette or maybe a beer or something, and they'll kind of hide it or put it away. <laughs> and and, and the re- and I mention that because you want them to be able to be free mm-hmm. to in to sit down and enjoy you. You don't want them to be like, oh gosh, he 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 represents God, and, and he's a oh gosh, what are we gonna do? I mean, you 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 want that to a certain extent, but not to a place where people can be free, right? To right. to have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. I think too, uh, there's a dual effect to it, right? Mm-hmm. The parents learn to trust you, right? The guard, yeah. they, they they know you, they have a face to you, they yes. see what you're about, yeah. and they like you. And when that happens, the kid is, the kid gets like, I already liked you a little bit, but now they like you more because yeah. they see like the family's bought into you, mm-hmm. and you kind of also mm-hmm. have been invited into a part of their world. You went on their turf, yes. You were in their place, yes. And uh, yes. there's something that that does a lot there. That does a lot. I got. I mean, I can remember, and this is kind of an extreme case, but uh, you know, I went to one house, or we, this kid's mother sells drugs out of the house, mm-hmm. and they were measuring a couple ounces of marijuana on. Mm-hmm. on and, you know, they decided that they weren't going to put it away because I was there. And I tried. I said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make this into the main. That's not why I'm here. I'm not trying to, like, call the police on this. And this is mm-hmm. kind of an ethics issue here, right? But in my mind, the main point of me being there was to let them know, I love your child. I'm trying to mm-hmm. be here for you, a uh, right. mentor. And, right. and I'm not trying to come in your house and tell you how to live your life and all that. I'm here, I'm here as a guest. And um, if you're doing illegal activity, that's you know that, that's between you and God and all that. Um, so did you help him bag it up? So they <laughs> we we started a, a youth ministry fund out of that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so you know, but but that told me that that showed them that I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to uh, you know put you down and, and change you in all these ways. I was really there to kind of come in and, and just love. Right? It's like Jesus yeah. going to uh, Zacchaeus's house. Um, yes, you know there, there was probably a bunch of things, bunch of money that he got un that wasn't right the way he got that money, and Jesus could have made that the main issue, but he didn't. But th- those are just things you'll, mm-hmm. you'll encounter, and you have to kind of figure, okay, what's the point of me doing a a home visit hangout right it's to get to know the family it's to get to and now you know how to pray now you know how to like yes. think now you know what that child's going through yeah. at home yeah. yeah um so you meet the parents mm-hmm. or, or the guardians or whoever you know the family is in, in in that child's life you get to know them a little better what are some ways maybe some examples or whatever uh of how you've how you've been able to encourage those parents mm-hmm. or guardians in, in, in the work of parenting. And on the flip side, how or when, if ever, do you correct, do you challenge? Yeah. Mm. That's an art. <laughs> yeah. And you better be careful. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's easier to correct when you build relationships. Yeah, that's true. So if you're in the house all the time, you're in there every week, whatever, eventually they're going to let you into some things. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, there's one young lady. You're saying it, it almost needs to be at their, at their initiative. Yes. Yeah. They need to let you in so far that they will take your correction. Yeah. Or they'll actually ask for your advice. Or if something were to happen, they call you up. Hey, Blake. Hey, Joel. Mm-hmm. I need you to come over here. This is what's going on. Right. 
And so that takes di- time. And that takes so a lot you of know, time. That takes time. And so this is a quick story that happened one time. Somebody called me up. Hey, you know, my daughter is has a knife and, you know, I, I, I need somebody to talk her down. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they called the police, whatever. But I was able to talk to her, the young lady mm-hmm. and the mother. And the mother um, wasn't doing all that she needed to do. Mm-hmm. And I knew her enough and she knew me enough to where I told her, you know, your daughter is going to see <clears throat> everything that you're doing. And if you're not doing it, you know, she's not going to do it either. She's not going to go to school if you're not going to get a job, whatever, all these things. Right. And she took it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. And I told the young lady, but for you, this is still your mother. You still love her. You still respect her. Right. And she and she is still called by God to be your mother. And you need to listen. Spite of whatever she does, too, you have to do your job. Now, that that was hard. Um because you don't want them to think, well, what do you know? Right. But if, and this is in the last podcast, you know, if, if you are, if you are about God's work and you're trusting in this Holy Spirit, that's all you have to go by. Yeah. I, remember, I remember going to these houses and praying as I'm driving, Lord, I don't know what to say. I'm not, you know, I'm not a social worker. I, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm right. not a, a doctor in any form, but all I have is I'm a youth pastor that has a degree and that's it. And all I'm going is hoping that the Holy Spirit will help me to give, will give me the words to say so that I'm not saying anything that might hold me liable or anything that will be offensive. Mm-hmm. But it, but hopefully I'm, I'm hoping that they get offended by the gospel mm. more than anything. So you're not trying to cause needless offense. Yes. So that's good, man. So, so, you, so I'm hearing you say it's all got to be based on relationship. You yes. know what I mean? And, 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 the more, I mean, it sounds like at this point, you guys, you guys have occasionally had parents coming to you for advice. Yeah. So that must be weird, right? Because uh, you guys have kids. You're both fathers, but mm-hmm. those kids are toddlers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and so, what do we know? Yeah. So, yes. So, what do you know? But but yet they're coming to you. Why? That varies for reasons why. And I would even say, like, just frustration, maybe exasperation with their kid. Sometimes it might be that uh, it's, so it's a single mom, right? Mm-hmm. And they just don't understand a teenage boy. And so they're coming because I, at one point I was a teenage boy, right? right? And they've never been a teenage boy, and they're never going to be a teenage boy. So, so, so they, mm-hmm. they'll have questions, how do I handle this? How do I do that? And, and, and some of that's been where I've done some correcting gently. So a single mom a lot of times has to play dad and mom, right? They play tough, hard mom which is kind of more of the masculine male character. And I, I might be getting in trouble on this, but that's what I believe. Stereotypically. Stereotypically, yeah. Yep. Um, and so what I've said is there's a certain age I watch lots of young boys who become teenagers. They, they, don't, they don't respond to being yelled at and corrected that way like they used to. And what happens is moms start to get frustrated. It's not working anymore. They're getting more disrespectful. And what I have to try to coach them in is that they're becoming young men and they want respect. And so right. when you when you treat them this way uh, to the you know, to a male gender, they're they're feeling disrespected, so they're going to respond in a disrespectful way. And so you you those tactics don't work anymore. You're going to have to figure out. And so what they find out, and this is very common, is they they then want you to find them mentors. So we'll find people in the right. church, male you know role models in the church and be mentors. They want you to come around more because they they start to recognize. It takes a village to raise this child, and not just me. And that's that. I have not ran. I have never run into a parent that is arrogant um, 
and wants to be the solo in, in the mean. inner city. I've done that yeah. in suburban where they feel they feel and it's it's just maybe cultural stuff, but yeah. they feel like I should have all this down packed and I don't. And right. some idolatry of the nuclear family. I, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well put. So those are some of the corrections I've done and and they've gone well, but I've always done the sandwich effect, uh, you know, the effect of you're doing a great job in this area and that area, and I think your child's grown into a new stage where this doesn't work as well anymore. Kind of, mm-hmm. kind of flow, and uh, and, yeah. they, and they received it in my experience very well. Yep. Been, has it been your experience at all too? With the, I'm curious, especially about that, the dynamics of, of respect, right, yeah. between mothers and sons, and that and that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I'm, I haven't had that problem. Um, with mothers and sons. Um, I mean, I had one parent, you know, tell me, you know, come up and say, my son is doing this, my son is doing that. But I knew the kid so well, I kind of sat and said, what was going on? You know, this is what's going, is this true? And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and what I try to do is I try to, I'm on the side of the parent, you know, if they're right, they're right. Mm -hmm. Uh, but if they're wrong, I'm still on the side in the sense of they need to be honored. Yeah, because of your parents. So, let, we, so let's we talk work about together. That. So that's we work together. We're working together. That, that's such a. I mean, it's one of the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. right? Honor your father and your mother. It's repeated in the New Testament mm-hmm. uh, in Ephesians. Mm-hmm. Is it five or six? I think it's five. Kind of right at the hinge. Yes. Yeah. So can we unpack that just a little bit? Because yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's 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 some folks who say that basically means you need to obey your parents. No matter what, yeah, kids have a hard time with that, especially yes. when they see someone who, what their parents do. So is that is that what it means, though? Well, I, I mean, it, it's what does it mean to honor your parents? Like, how how have you taught that or applied that? Well, what, what I, how I've told them is that is that your your parents might be doing something wrong. If, if like I've known parents to sell weed and, and to take kids' money, mm-hmm. and I will tell that child that. You still respect them. You're, you can let them know, hey, I'm upset at this. This is hurting me. You're taking this or you're selling that. But you're in no way dishonoring them and saying, you know, you're nothing to me. I, I don't want you in my life. And not, yeah. th- that can be tough because I've seen some and heard some very crazy situations. And I say, but that is still your mother and still your father. And the only way you can love them is you can say what's hurting them, yeah. but not go past that point to where. You are disrespecting them in a sense of, I don't want you in my life. I, I hate you. Mm-hmm. Or I wish you were dead. And and I've heard these things before. Yeah. I don't want to get to know you. But, like, I'm uh, giving an example. Like, one kid. Well, I can't say his name. But um, he knew his father was selling weed and taking his money. And he saved up at least $5 to go to Young Life. And, mm-hmm. and, he, and he asked his father, hey, can, can I have... And his father was like, no, no, no. But he still loved his father. He was like, okay, I understand. I understand that. I, I, I get it. But I, and, he, and he told me, Joe, this all like, I'm like, that's cool. But he didn't disrespect. He's like, I got it. I got it. I don't like what yeah. he's doing, but I'm, but I'm still trying to, to love. I don't hate him. Yeah. The, that's the tension, I feel like, because none of us have perfect parents. No, no. Yeah, but no I don't care so where you raise. Honoring, where you, yeah. And nowhere in the Bible does it say that we're to obey the authorities that God has placed over us when they're commanding us to sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the tensions. One of the tensions, though, is uh, self righteousness exists very much within the family dynamic in this. Because what, what I've seen a lot is parents do something wrong. It's it's it is clearly wrong. Yes, and the kids feel like they got to be loud about it because no one's listening to them. And one of the things I found helpful is to validate to them that was wrong that your parents did that. Yeah, but. 
yes. right? Like, and what they see is they they felt heard, they felt like that that justice has been recognized, and now you're helping them recognize like what's where, their response? Where do we go from here, here right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is there's a dynamic of you're a child, I'm an adult, I'm always right, you're always wrong. Right. What we this is a great gospel opportunity because mm-hmm. actually it says actually there's a that's a false reality. Like I, even I was like this as a kid, right? Like when I become 21, I'll have life figured out. Then I got there and I said, well maybe maybe 25. And right. now now I'm almost 30 and I'm realized I don't even I don't even, I don't know anything anymore. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's. And what you realize is that you want to, you want to, and one of the best ways to do that, if the parent doesn't do that, you don't have to correct the parent to do that. That's not your responsibility. Right. But what you do have to do is coach the kid. How do you love someone who wrongs you? Right. Yeah. That's what that's what you're doing. Yeah. How do you love someone who's wronged you? And your parent has wronged you, but you're the truth is you're still supposed to love your parent and you're supposed to, you're supposed to honor your parent. And that's what you do with your neighbor in general, but especially with your parents. So, so it's a hard thing, but but denying the fact that they did something wrong is also yeah. wrong. Yes, you know? can't you, do you, that. You do want to be a safe place for the kids to come and say, that's wrong, a parent shouldn't have done that to you. And I'm sorry that happened. Um, and then the other thing I think I think is really important is when I have screwed up, which is a lot, to show humility that I was wrong, mm-hmm. I screwed up. Because what you're teaching yes. them is that adults aren't perfect. Yeah. And that adults are under authority, too. We're under authority, yes, too. Under authority too. And we need to act a certain way, too, yeah. when other people have wronged us or when we've wronged others. So Yeah. That's good. So, And I also had one young man. Um, well, he was, young, he was an adult at Young Life, and he gave a story about how his father left him. Mm. And they all, all these guys gave stories about how their father didn't care about them, and they hated their fathers. Yeah. And... The 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 uh, other leader can't say his name, of course, but um, like they asked him, well, how'd you deal with it? He's like, the only way I could deal with it was was Christ. The only way I can forgive my father was that I had to learn that Christ forgave me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if you really want to forgive your fathers, you know, you have to. And, and this is why, like we mentioned in our last podcast about Christ centered, mm-hmm. you have to be able to have Christ fix that thing that makes you. Uh, want to dishonor your parents yeah. and love them even when they abandon you. And and he said, how many of y'all want to do that? Yeah. And they all were quiet because they wow. knew that if they let that part go, that they had to give it over to God. Yeah. But they didn't want it. They wanted to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. One thing that I'll notice when I'm with kids now, too, is I can I can kind of start to figure out whose home life is is like what I mean I'm not trying to say I know everything but mm-hmm. you can start to pick things out by hearing how kids so say we're doing a fun trip and you got a kid who's really on you when are we going when are we going this is all I got to bring we're definitely going right and what you start to hear there is I got a lot of broken promises in my life yeah. from from adults wow, that's good right and so you start to discern okay there's and a lot of times. That might not even be that the parent wanted to do it. It might just be that it's a single parent, money was tight, they mm-hmm. meant well, but things just mm-hmm. didn't go. And, but the kid at the end of the day is still very hurt. And what mm-hmm. what I've learned is in if urban ministry in particular, if you want to gain trust, you don't promise things you can't do. So say we're going to go on this trip – um, you you do it. You make sure that you're going to go on that trip. Right. You know you don't say things because. It's just a real quick way to get associated with all those other adults, whether they're uncles, whether they're moms, whoever, who say we're going to Disney World and we never go to Disney World. Or say we're going to Six Flags, we're never going to Six Flags. And right. so the disappointment all the time um, 
just creates a distrust. Yeah, so, it does. In doing that, kind of in in keeping your word as best you can. Yeah, right. You're modeling the character of God. Yes. You know, which says, I mean, I, I'm just thinking of this verse from Isaiah 49. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Hmm. Though she may forget, I will not forget you. Hmm. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. You know, this this beautiful kind of gospel promise mm-hmm. in the midst of parental failure, mm-hmm. you know, which, ha- mm-hmm. I mean, happens to some degree for all of us. Yeah. Right. God is not like that. Right. Uh, or the... Um, the Psalm, Psalm 27, the verse from Psalm 27, you know, though, though my father and mother may forsake me, the Lord will take me in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's huge. Rich promises there. I think another gentle guide that I've had to deal with a couple times, just mm-hmm. this popped in my head after some of our conversation was, when a parent comes with their kid and the kid is in the presence of your conversation. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. just belittling the kid in front of you how do you how do you guide that where you're dignifying the parent you're hearing the parent's frustration but at the same time you're not dignifying the kid yeah you don't you're not allowing the parent to just continue to belittle the kid in front of you i mean that that does so many negative effects on kids and it's done so often whether i've seen it in schools where i worked where i see you know, parents and teachers talking, and they're just going about how bad their kid is at home, and it's just terrible and bad, bad, bad. Or and the her. kids are right over there across the room listening to the whole thing. So or, how, or sometimes right next to you. I mean, it's really awkward. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so how have you guys dealt with that? Yeah. Well, what, one thing I, uh, you know, I met a parent once before, and they were bad mouthing the student, and and I, and I and I told her, I said, well, you know, I I see some of that. You know what they're saying. I see some of that in this student, but I also see this. This is where they're improving. And I said, but you know what? We'll mm-hmm. do it together. Mm-hmm. And so when you say together, like, oh, okay, so you're coming alongside of me, but then you're also seeing that there is some growth. Right. So, and, and that happens a lot, man, you know, he, he or she's been doing this. And like, well, you know, yeah. You may be right. You may be right about this. And, and I've seen some of that. Mm-hmm. And they need to change it. But you know what? But I have seen this in them. Yeah. And you got to be honest. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of true. I do see that sometimes. But there's still a chance. And guess what? We can still work it out together. Mm, yeah. Let's do it together if there's an issue. But then it also gives the, the, the youth a chance to say, well, you know, maybe I do need to grow up. But but there is something that they're also growing in. Mm. And this is what amazes me, too, about that person. But then so you're also giving the parents some kind of dignity. Yeah, I can understand, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then the student, yeah. But this is where they're growing, and this is where we can help. And then not only that, you let them know that you're not alone. Yeah. I'm willing to help you and help help this student. Mm-hmm. Let's do it together. I like yeah. that. And how have you responded, Blake? Similar along those lines, um, I think I've also tried to look for ways to cut the conversation short because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's it's a it's not going to go anywhere good no and it's just someone it's usually a mother who's hurting who's scared who's feeling pain and frustration of doing this alone um in in, in these particular situations and and they're venting to me as someone who's willing to listen who cares about their child right um but unfortunately there's a lot of damage being done to the child in that so what i do is i try to say well let me so let's say for instance they aren't doing their homework and we can't have them coming to youth group anymore because they're not doing their homework well number one i'll say that's like that's like taking broccoli away from a kid when they're not you know doing what you want 
You know, mm-hmm. it's like, don't take broccoli away from your kid. Your kid needs broccoli, right? You, you take, you know, it, send them to youth group. I'll send them out of the fun stuff, but they can still be around mentors. They can still be around right. the, the Bible study. They right. can still be around talking about the issues, but let's not cut them off from this. And number two, I'll, I'll say, like, well, send them here early. Like, and I'll, I'll sit down and try to help them with their homework. Like, mm-hmm. or I'll, I'll try to get a volunteer who, who's close to that kid and say, hey, Mrs. Blah, 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 or Mr. Blah, blah, blah will be here. Maybe they can come 15 minutes early and help with homework. I try to give some suggestions. So it moves to a, a helping and yes. a positive movement versus, like, let's just continue to to, to talk about what they haven't done right. right. So if, if you feel like a parent is really, like, turning down the screws on their kid, mm-hmm. you know, like, tightening the screws of, di- of discipline or whatever, like, mm-hmm. you'll try to see if there's a way that you can collaborate with them yeah. to a solution that would hopefully kind of achieve their desired ends, you know yeah. what I mean, of, of correcting their kid, but, yeah. but be as helpful as possible and keep them involved in the, like you were saying. I, I just, I also try to model so I might mm-hmm. interject mm-hmm. tactfully where I get to start doing some of the talking, and I'll, I'll take whatever the parent's saying. So say it's blah, 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 getting kicked out of this kid's class and this class, and they're not showing up to school on time. And I'll be like, really? You're not doing that? And I'll, I'll do it from like a surprise thing because – and I'll say, you know, your mom's right. That's wrong. You need to be doing this, this, and this. But at the same time, like I know – I trust in you. I know you can do better than that. There's just kind of this yeah. encouragement. There's yeah. just kind of building up. Yeah. You want to be careful not to do too much on like you're great, you're wonderful. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not surprised you're a sinner. But you want to do like I love you and I think that I think that there's yeah. more to you than that. And I want to, yeah. I want to help you. I want to because what you're doing is you're engaging. I'm on your side. It's this isn't like me and my, me and mom or me and uncle or me and grandma tag teaming against you. This is a you and know. if they're professing faith, I mean, you can appeal to their identity in Christ. Yes, you know what I mean. That's yeah. that's who they truly are. Mm-hmm. Now, that's now, right. Now, now that's true. If if a, if a student is doing something wrong and you know it. And the parent is saying, "This is what this person has done," and and you know, and you notice for sure, you can't. Yeah, you, it's nothing wrong with correcting them. Say, you know what? That, you know that's not cool. You know that's not right. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm like, and like you said, Blake, but and you know this is not right because you come to Bible study, you come to this, you yeah. you're very consistent. You don't have to do this, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so so yeah, it gives them some some uh, some hope in that. Yeah, that yeah, you messed up, and we both love you, but mm-hmm. there's still time. Yeah. Instead of just condemning them, yeah, man, you just messed up. Like, mm-hmm. get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And, and then, sh- and then sh- afterwards, you give them a hug or you know, yeah. whatever. And if you're skilled in this way, some people aren't. Some aren't. You know, only do it if you're skilled in this way. But you can, you can kind of make it lighthearted by joking. But like, oh, you did that again. Oh man, I used to do that all the time when I was your age. And, yeah. And the, and the you know the mom kind of like you're not supposed to be saying that, but it's okay because you know like we, we'll work through this. We're gonna figure this out. You know. But you, man, it was terrible when I used to do this. I used to be go to detention and all this. You know, like you don't want to do that, man. Mm-hmm. This ain't worth it. Uh, you know, kind of thing versus like I'm up here and you're down you're there. a piece of you know yeah. stuff down there and. You don't want to make them feel that. You want to try to get on their playing level and, and encourage them in right. the gospel. Yeah. So to shift gears a little bit, can we talk a little bit about about some some specific situations, kind of parenting, uh, parent relationship situations that I know you guys have dealt with and kind of how you dealt with them. So parents who go to another church. So you've got you know both of your youth groups are community youth groups to some at to some degree or another. Yeah. So you've got kids who are coming to the youth group whose parents either don't go to any church, you know, mm-hmm. maybe don't even profess faith in Christ, mm-hmm. or 
go to a different church mm-hmm. somewhere else in the neighborhood or, or somewhere else across the city entirely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how, what what unique challenges does that does that pose, and kind of how, what are some ways that you've thought about that, dealt with that? Mm-hmm. Well, if a if a like you know, there's you know, there's a lot of kids who go to my youth group and discipleship. They go to other churches, mm-hmm. and I I see no problem with that. Just on this side, because they're they're growing here and they're growing with me. If they're growing, they're growing. That's fine. If they're growing in Christ, that's that's okay with me. Mm-hmm. As long as they're growing in Christ, so they're over here at the church doing this. So and so is helping them grow. They're learning how to worship. They come to discipleship, become a youth group. They're learning to worship. That's a, I see nothing wrong with that. But those who don't go to a church, like we have some parents who don't go to a church, and but they come to discipleship. Um, that, so their, that their kids come. Their kids come to church, and I, I pray that. And I have a relationship with the parents too, but I pray that in my interaction and that um, how God has used me through the young person and me praying that they would say, "Hey, you know what? I've seen a change in my youth," or the Lord would use them. Uh, use that young person to help open the eyes of the parents as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe they say something or or something happens and they say, well, this is what I learned. And the Holy Spirit does something and it, and it turns on a switch and the parents say, well, maybe we should go to this church. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Anything to add to that? Yeah, I would just say, um, you know, early on when I first got here, we had, so we got a big mega church. It's a, um, a huge uh, traditional black church down the street and a couple of kids go there and, and two in particular went there, and their mom was very involved. And um, I just made it very clear, like that I didn't need them to come to our church, that, and uh, and that I, I didn't speak bad. Uh, and there were occasional nights where I would pray, and I just pray a blessing for their church, mm-hmm. and that went like long ways. Like they went home and told their parent that I didn't even intentional. I just thought it was a beautiful thing to to not be so self focused on our own church. Sure. And what that did was it brought unity and it brought safety. And and then a couple of years later, they actually let their kid who liked our church more than the church that her, his mother goes to. So every other week he'd come to our church. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, uh, so those were some things that happened and that was just gradual, you know, and, and that was the parent also just learning to trust us, you know, and, and also being there to help that parent. Uh, there was a couple of times where there was just some financial stuff that was going on and, and sh- she came to me. I went to our deacons, our church looked at this person as someone who's affiliated with our church in a way mm-hmm. we could help. And then we contacted her church to 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 help fulfill the rest of that void because that's where she's a member at. Right. Yeah, um, things like that where you're, it, it gets a little foggy with when you have a, a strong membership at your church and you want to hold membership to a high level, but right. at the same time you look at your youth ministry when it's doing heavy outreach and and where are the lines on how to do some of that with parents and yeah, it's tough. It is tough, but I I, I lean more on um, dignifying. Uh, encouraging parents that are going to church. Yep. I mean, that's great. That's what you want. Yes. And, and encouraging how um, how can I be helping your your son or daughter in mm-hmm. growing in their experience of worship? You know. Yeah. So dignifying and encouraging meaningful church participation and membership mm-hmm. wherever as a default. As a default. I do have to ask this though: Have you ever run into situations where uh, your kids' parents or family are going to and taking the kids to a church where the gospel is not being preached? Or maybe even a, a false gospel is being preached. I'm thinking of prosperity sure. stuff. Sure. And how have you dealt with that at all? How have you wrestled with that? Mm-hmm. I, it's tricky. I'm thinking I haven't. Okay. But I think sometimes it comes out and what they say at youth group. Yes. Or Bible study, and then I, I won't say, "Where'd you hear that from?" 
But you just deal deal with just the teaching on its own terms from yes, the Bible. On his, yeah, from, yeah. yeah. Don't turn it into like a our church versus your church mm-hmm. fight thing. Right. But just deal with it biblically. Yes. yes. That and that that's that's similar to what we've done. And and one of the most common ones will be, you know, I'm good with Jesus because I've been baptized. You know, yes, because a lot of times these churches just are very quick to baptize whoever and whenever. And I've been baptized, so I'm good. And I'm like, well, where are you getting that in the Bible? So I won't go after their church. I'll go after where is that in the Bible? You know, right. where are you thinking that in the Bible? And yeah. All right. All right. Next one. Um, abuse. Mm. So you guys, mm-hmm. you know, it happens in families. Yep. All across the socioeconomic spectrum, across every uh, ethnicity. Sadly, there's verbal, physical, sexual abuse yeah. uh, happening in some families. Are you guys mandated reporters? Yes, we, I believe so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Talk a little bit about that to the extent that you're sure. that you're comfortable. Well, first thing you want to do is uh, marry a social worker. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's that's what you did. That's what I did. My wife uh, got her master's from from Oregon State in social work. She's mm-hmm. she's awesome, and she also helps you know volunteer at youth group. But I'll go with her because she has her license to keep her you know her license in the state of Maryland. She's got to go to a certain amount of classes and hours. And so I've gone to some of these mandated reporting um, seminars. Seminars that are just—they're wonderful. They're so helpful. I, I mean, if you know, you only think of theology a lot of times as youth pastors, but but in this context, it's really helpful to, yeah. to get up with some social workers and mm-hmm. just kind of, hey, what do I do in this situation? What do I do? In that? Because you know, your main job is to preach the Bible. You know, teach the Bible to kids, but also love your neighbor as yourself. And so you, if you're going to do that in a well-equipped way, right. you need to educate yourself on these issues. So I, I, quickly, I had one where we were on a retreat. We went up to a camp in Carroll County, which is 45 minutes outside the city. And we're in the room, and the boys are laughing and talking about one of the girls in our youth ministry and how she supposedly was having sex with this old man in the neighborhood. And this sounds really gross and, and, and terrible. And part of me couldn't even believe it. But I, So I'm, I'm prying questions here. Like, you know, this person lives on this house because I live in the community and I knew who they were talking about. And I said, you know, when I heard this information that, yeah, we saw her go in, we laughed because we know that this is what he was doing. She's went in a couple times. So there was something going on there. And then when I asked my wife, you know, what do I do here? What does this look like? I mean, all the signs in this girl's life, too, indicated that yeah. that some of these things were going on, maybe not just with this person, but with others. There were signs of abuse. There were signs of promiscuity going on at a very young age. Um, but just manipulation. And, yeah. yeah. So what we did was, you know, um, I have a great volunteer group that, that helps lead. One's, one was going to social one uh, There's another social worker. So I just called in and reported it. I reported the house, reported the person. I let Child Protective Services do this, uh, and, you know, I gave the contact to the to the grandmother. I went to the best of my ability to go talk to the grandma um, of this, this child while also trying to maintain dignity and not right. let this get out and be like a huge ordeal. So that's just one case. I mean, there's been several. Yeah. We've done we've done retreats where we've had a girl say that another boy touched her in an appropriate way. You know, the parents got involved. There was, you know, accusations that we didn't have enough leaders around, all these things. And, and then, you know, as you go through the process, you need to take all these things serious. So we had Child Protective Services involved. You know, you just kind of have to learn these things. And yeah. always... Always go on the safer end of reporting sooner and faster than not fast enough. Be, yeah. Protect yourself in these areas and protect the students in these areas. Right. right, because it's, I mean, I think of Jesus' words, you know, woe to 
anyone who would cause these little ones who believe in me to sin. Yeah. Those are some of his strongest condemnations. Yeah. It would be better for them to not have been born. To, yeah, or to have a millstone tied around Turn their, their neck. neck and thrown. You know, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, you know our, our first responsibility is to love our neighbors and especially care for the most vulnerable folks. And, and kids in abusive situations are extremely vulnerable. And um, Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm hearing you say... Just get educated on the on the reporting laws and the procedures and best practices. Yeah, in your in your state in your context, it's huge. Just and just learn from your brothers and sisters who who are doing that kind of line of work more. Yeah, we'll, we'll link out in the podcast notes. We'll link out to a few organizations. I'm thinking of of Grace, Godly Response to Abuse in a Christian Environment. Mm-hmm. Um, is a is a nonprofit that works sheltering and 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 working with kind of survivors of sexual abuse in religious environments you know but then also obviously like we're, we're talking mainly about kind of family situations which yeah. is unfortunately where a lot of abuse happens yeah and and look for the signs start learning certain signs i mean yeah. when you go on these retreats and kids are messing the bed and they're 15 years old those are signs that's of, not normal. those are signs yeah. of, of trauma yeah those are signs of some sort of trauma that's going on and and i've seen i've seen 18 year olds do that you yeah. know like so it's just in part of you's like because I didn't have that growing up. I'm like, man, people still mess the bed? And I didn't realize, you know, but but it's these, you know, as you read up on it and you study, like you start realizing, oh, th- this is caused from abuse. These are caused from traumatic situations that are going on at home and things yeah. like that. So, And I, I think for me, I, I haven't done good in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a lot of times for me, it, it had always been speculation and gossip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I try my best to find out, is this true? Is this true? Yeah. Um, where there was one incident where, where it was believed that one girl, where her mother pimped her out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 to my best of my ability, I didn't really know what to do. I did not know how to handle it. Yeah. So I just kind of stayed back and sort of watched. Not not necessarily watched, but I sort of stayed back and said, okay, what can I do here? What can I do there? It's only speculation. Sure. Um, and I definitely agree. Please find out. Uh, I, I, I'm on the other side of the spectrum where I didn't know. Yeah, where Blake is on the other side where he got help, and I'm I'm on a, and I didn't get help, mm-hmm. and I should have got help. I should have maybe asked somebody if they can do an investigation. Sure. Um, like I said, there was been times when you also have seen drug abuse, mm. um, where I I, I I walked in the house where you know the where a friend has walked in and said, "Hey, you, you got any weed today or whatever?" And I'm thinking, okay, how do I deal with that? And I really didn't know. And I think one thing in Tennessee um, that we struggled with was um, we would have some Latinos um, who were part of our youth ministry. And the hard thing about it was, were they illegal? Mm-hmm. And so these kind of things, you know, how do you really deal with those kind of things? Mm. Um, you know, going by a lot of land and, and all this stuff, it, it was just hard to deal with. But yeah. don't be like me in the sense of don't stand by and hear the speculation or the gossip for, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of them growing in Christ, and for the sake of the parent, find out. Find out what really happened. Find out so that you can love them through it. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and report if and, necessary. And report, yeah. and, 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 and report if necessary. Um, don't just stand around. Mm-hmm. But like Again, I'm going to say it again. Don't be like me and look from the outside looking in and hearing gossip and speculation and this shaking your head. Yeah. Um, get somebody to be like, look, man, I heard this happening. Can we do an investigation? Yeah. I need help here. Go to your pastors, go to elders, say, look, 
I believe this is happening. Can we? I'm giving a, I'll give an example, um, like something that happened here. There was believed that, you know, one of our parents were uh, on drugs, mm-hmm. and um, the, the 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 kids wanted to get out, and I was willing to try to go. Um, I went to the pastor to see what we, what, what, what can we do, right? Um, how we can handle it, and and we we didn't really know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how to do it. There was another student who ran away because she got into a fist fight with her mother. Yeah, and I, and I wanted to actually go talk with her, mm-hmm. but I knew that me not being a social worker, I would not handle that situation. Sure. I could go into a situation where I could hold many people liable yeah. of the words I say. Um, and you also have to be careful Yeah. of one thing is that teenagers are going to be teenagers on top of abuse. Yes. Now, this is what I mean when I say this. Like some teenagers can overemphasize certain things because they're not having their way. Mm-hmm. Try to also dig some more. Yeah. Because you might say, oh, that is being a teenager to being rebellious. Maybe. But dig, start digging and saying, okay, I know this student, they're always dramatic, they don't ever want to listen, but maybe this is But don't just write it off. Don't write it off. Say, you know, let's find out. Yeah. And to be honest, I've tried that many times and I didn't know where to go. So I left it alone because I didn't get the help I needed. Yeah. Get the help you need, like educate 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 yourself yourself on that or you will end up like me to where if this girl was being pimped out. We wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't know how to love her. We wouldn't know how to help her. Mm-hmm. And, and, and part of this is just being humble and realizing you're just a youth pastor. Yep, you That's don't it. know. <laughs> like you, you, Your job is to help them grow spiritually and love them. But as you learn things, you're also obligated to protect them. And that means you need, yeah. you need to get... You need to get social workers involved. You need to get family involved. You right. need to work with others. One of the other things is if you're in the community, like Joel and I, and you live in the community, and you know what school they go to, and you you, you have any relationship with them, get to know their teachers. Their teachers yes, spend a important. ton of time with mm-hmm. them, and they mm-hmm. know a lot about their lives. Yeah. You don't need to be the only person growing in their life. You need to be working with others who know these things. Right. So, right. Have you guys ever, ever gone to court with kids or with parents for yep. like – Yes. Custody <laughs> disputes or yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So talk talk for just a minute about that. Well, I, how, how did that happen? <laughs> well, I, I told a story on my first podcast when we dealt with violence, but there was a fight at a CC's restaurant, I right. said before. And so me and another coworker had to go for about six months on and off to a court case I'm dealing with this. Mm. And we were witnesses um, to whatever happened. And, and, and it was the hardest thing because you want to, like I said, protect the young, because the young, one of the young ladies were attacked. Okay. So we're there to protect her. But at the same time, the one who did the attacking, we don't want to write them off as they're just the bad guy. They're the enemy. They need to know Christ too. There has to be somewhere that young lady can be protected. And the one who did the attack somehow it, 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 it's hard because being in the court system, they're going to be politically correct or try to be. Whereas believers, we, we follow scripture where it's not politically correct. The person who's doing the wrong thing needs to be put out. Don't talk to them. They need to be shunned. Forget them. But that's not necessarily true. And I wish to this day. I mean, we. You're, you're saying that's you're saying that's the that's the perspective of like the court system of the court system or uh, of the world. Yeah. That you know the one who does the attack. That they should, and I'm not saying there should be a consequence for that person, but they need Christ too. Right. So the one who got into a fight, you know, 
the, the one who attacked the girl, I don't know what's going on in her life. She was wrong and she got her consequence. But I was hoping that one day I would see her again and say, you know, we we had to protect this young lady, but mm. we care for you, too. Mm. Um, and that can be real hard in the court system because you, you because you're standing on one side or the other. Literally. Literally. You yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've gone a couple times um, with a student who was constantly selling drugs, um, going through a lot of identity issues, a lot of pain. Uh, this was his adopted mother, but she was really she could have been his grandmother. That's how old she was um, in age difference. Uh, but raised him since he was like two years old, um, loved him, cared for him. But he he found out his original family they were up up north Baltimore and and he went out there trying to connect with them and they were in the game and selling drugs and said to fit into his family he found out Mm -hmm. he was trying to do that and he got picked up several times they you know the juvenile system tries to give second third fourth fifth chances so I would go down there several times there were times where he would go in and I go down there and represent with mom to baby bookings which is the juvenile Mm. Uh, detention center in Baltimore that's what people call that's what people call that's not what it's actually Baltimore City calls it that now so baby bookings. we would go down there and um, I just be with mom, support mom, pray with mom, let him know that he wasn't alone, that, that we're here and with him. Um, and sometimes even to validate that I, as a team with the social worker, mom and the youth pastor, that there are there are three people willing to work together. And we would meet, have meetings together outside of court to say to let the court know, hey, we're coming up with a plan for this kid's life. Um, and some and, and, and unfortunately, it didn't work. This student. um had to wind up learning the hard way and going off. Mm-hmm. However, our youth group was there when he got home, and he we, we wound up letting him become like a junior leader, which is uh, basically no teaching, but you get to help me set up the games, you help me clean up the room, you help me like with keeping kids in order and things like that, and just giving this kid dignity and, and another access to come. Another time um, was a neighborhood-slash-church kid where her parents were coming to the church, had been coming to the church for a long time, but... Um, really really dysfunctional family um Mm. to the point where every time she got too difficult they'd send her to foster care and then when they would miss her they would get her out of foster care and this was her whole life i didn't realize this was a pattern of her life until i went to court with the parents who who needed who wanted me to come to support and they were trying to get her to come home uh, she had just gotten pregnant, and they felt like they mm. wanted to be a part of being mm-hmm. the grandparents and be a part of that whole. And she actually did not want to come home. And I couldn't understand that because I was missing parts of the what's coming on. So what's important is when you go to support one party, whether it be the kid or the parents, remember there's two sides to this dynamic. There's a lot of shame in these dynamics a lot of times where the story's not all told to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you come across, whether you're ordained or not, as clergy, and and so there's a there's an appeal to want to look good in front of you. Like you had mentioned earlier, like coming in parents' homes, they want to hide their beer, they want to hide their weed, they want to hide that. Sometimes they're just straight up, uh, this is who I am and you need to deal with it. Right. And, and I almost love that a lot right. more because yeah, then I know what I'm working <laughs> with. Right. But there's a lot of times where there's a dishonesty to kind of give a sense of I'm better than, you know, I'm trying to act better than I am. When dealing with that and you go into these these court cases and you learn the truth that comes out in court, um, go in with grace. Go in yeah, with understanding. With your eyes open. With your eyes open. With grace. You know, just yeah. be as wise as a serpent and as gentle as a dove. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just try to be very 
I remember talking to the student. The student told me, you, you know, I was trying to convince them, why wouldn't you want to go home with your parents, you know, and get out of the foster care? You know, I don't want to go. They're just and what she really communicated to me was, you don't understand. They've done this to me my whole life, and there's this abusive relationship of they want me when I'm good, they get rid of me when I'm bad. They mm. want me when I'm good, they get rid of me when I'm bad. And then you start to realize, no wonder the gospel is so hard for you to get. Because your whole life of the you know people who, who who love you the most has been when I do well they love me when I do bad they don't love yeah. me and the gospel is the complete opposite of that and so to to, to believe that you know when you've experienced the opposite your whole life uh, it's hard it's very difficult that is hard. so 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 those are the things you go into with your eyes wide open and start trying to listen more than and and that's when I just shut up and you realize I don't know what I just walked into so I need to just be here and let this person know I love them. Um, and they didn't want me to know this about them either, right? Um, so, so you just got to be very graceful and, and and count it honor that someone invites you to go true. to their yes. child's court yeah. um, hearing. You know that that they respect you and find you helpful enough to be a part of that. Yes. Um, and, yeah, it is. And, and I think uh, case I had was hard was you know um, you know a child support issue. You know, should the child go with the mother? Should the child go with the father? Yeah, yeah. And I was called by the mother to, hey, come represent my daughter. Mm-hmm. And it, it, and I, I did a couple of times, but the third time I'm thinking, wait a minute. I, I just felt like she needs her mother and her father. Yeah. Because like I said, the, the, the court is going to think politically correct. This, you know, they go to mama. But as believers, and and again, Blake is right, find an honor that they called you to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you take the stand, you, you have to take it in, like yeah, like in, in grace. You, the the judge is going to ask you questions, and you honestly have to answer it. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. hard to say, I don't think she needs to be with her father. Yeah. When when scripture teaches us teaches us completely different, they need each other. To where you know this is her father. She has to honor him, and she needs him, and. And I really want to get up on the court and say, well, you know what, Your Honor? I can't say, you know, the mistake that these two made in the past when they slept together, they should have thought about that before. I wanted, I want to say yeah. these things because it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got up there, you, you, you slept together, and you didn't really love each other, whatever, and then something happened, and so now you want to tear the family. You know, you want to say these things, but you want to say to the effect of she needs her father and her mother. She needs to honor both her father and honor both her mother. Mm-hmm. And if the parents, and, and it's hard if they're not believers or yeah, if they're not yeah. sold out to say something to the effect of you want them to know that we can work this out together. Yeah. But we might not, you know, I would want them to get married. You know, I, I guess I'm thinking, yeah, but yeah. it's just, this is the way of the world. But you don't want to disregard the father mm-hmm. because, you know, you're with the mother and, and neither. Because I remember one time we all, after the court, we prayed and he was left out. And I'm thinking, what are we doing? Mm. You know, they, it, the it, father it, was left the out. The father was left. I'm like, he needs to be prayed for too. We, we, yeah. This is not a us and them thing. It, it, it's yeah. so it can be real hard in that situation. Yeah. Um, but don't be afraid. If the honor and the, and and the, and the the judge and all the honor and them, they know yeah. you're a pastor or a youth pastor. They know what you stand for. Yeah. So don't be afraid to stay say what you stand for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to say that. 
just for an example, you know, I had to take a jury case and the judge asked me, can you make this case? You know, you know how they do it. You go to jury duty and he says, can you make this decision? Mm-hmm. I said, not ultimately. I can't. I, I, I was I, and I don't want to sound self-righteous, but I was being honest. I said, ultimately, I can. But the Holy Spirit guides my decision and everything I do as a believer. And he understood, like, okay, okay. And, yeah. I, 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 and I wasn't trying to be, you know, spiritual, but I was being, this is who I am. Yeah. This is who God called me to be. And you have to go in there with that. Yeah. It can be tough, man. It, it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. And don't be afraid to say, you know what? I don't feel comfortable coming to court or let me talk to somebody about it before I go. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. Or, to I, or I'm only coming as this. As yes. People, right. I'm not trying to get in between. Yes. I had yes. one time where um, this, this student yeah. who was struggling with selling drugs and, and, and playing in that whole game and his his mom, who who was his adopted mom, who'd been raising him, had him since he was two, was showing up, loving him, doing all stuff. She cooked for him, she cleaned for him, she let him live there, she took care of him, took him to school, mm-hmm. all these things for his whole life. And then all of a sudden, like, real mom decides that she wants to show up when he's 16, mm-hmm. 17, right? Mm-hmm. And he desperately, like any human, wants a relationship with his biological family. Right. But this person was so jacked up and, and again, in and out, in and out. And all of a sudden, she's coming to court and she wants to have a say in to the judge. Mm. And so mm. here I am between real mom, biological mm. mom, and and respected, you know, raised you kind of um, not your real mom, but but mom. Um, and how do you handle that? Yes. How do you go in there? <laughs> what does it look like to, to – to be graceful in that, and and honestly, there's just not like a pure formula, perfect answer for yeah. that. You just show up and you try to love yeah. people, and you try to be truthful and honest, but you try to do it with season and grace. And, yes, um, Lord. but but yes, you really. At the end of the day, the thing I love is that all of this gets so messy. You gotta walk in the spirit. You just gotta. You just gotta know where God's leading. You gotta have discernment. You gotta be wise, and you gotta know when not to talk. Mm-hmm. That's very important. You gotta mm-hmm. know. You gotta know when to talk, and um, and and if and that's the best advice I can give. I I don't think that there's like this is what you do here. This is what you do there. This, these situations, as we're describing, just get really complex. It's case, by yeah. case and it, yeah. it very complex. Yeah. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, if, you know, if you leave these courts and you felt like, man, I I felt like I wasn't this, or I felt like I allow God to work that out. Yeah. Don't try to fix it. If, if you know if the student might say, "Man, you weren't there for me," would just yeah. allow God to fix that, which was hard for you. Yeah. Because I mean, I had one student who was being kicked out of school, and he's like, "Well, can you come and help me?" But I'm like, "I first need to know why you're getting kicked out." Yeah. Because he wanted to go back in, but I'm like, "I don't want to. I don't want to stand for this if you did something that was wrong. I'm not right. going to stand for what is wrong. Is 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 the case? Mm-hmm. But I, I I really didn't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. And, and I wasn't able to actually be there because I couldn't get in, uh, any information from the teachers. But I didn't want that student to think, oh, man, you ain't there. And You're not there for yet, you. Yeah. yeah, you have to let God work that out because you don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. So you have to fight the temptation to Messiah complex yes. by running to the Messiah. Yeah, that's huge. And that's, that's back to not doing everything by yourself, making, yeah. sure, making sure you're getting social workers and teachers and other people around you to, to help because you can't do this alone. Yeah. And, and your parents and and the guardians and parents, might the parents. might know something that you don't. Yes, they might they might be able to help you up with something 
that you can't do. You you might have somebody in your, in, in, in your group whose father might be smoking all the weed. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is you're going to have a core group of parents who might not be perfect, but God is working redemption through them. Yes. He's doing something. So listen, you might just learn something from the parent. The parent might say, you know what? I learned this about my student and that's what I think could help. Yeah. Just listen. Because you don't know everything. Yeah. And again, if you got to lean on one side or the other, kind of as we start to conclude here, I would just say always lean on trying to honor and encourage parents. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's part yeah. of what you do. You want to you want to point out what they're doing well. So when I used to go to that court, and we went down there for her son six or seven times to court, mm. you know, um, within one year. It was just a wild year. And you could just tell she felt discouraged. She, You could tell she, she wouldn't say it, but it just said, you know, you, you're doing such a great job. This Him being here is not on you. You, know, you did these things. He made these choices. You did these things. He made these choices. I just want you to know, like, don't beat yourself up. Don't, you know, and, and a lot of times, like, oh, I already know that. I know that. But they, they needed to hear it. They need yeah. to hear from someone from outside someone who's looking at it. Yeah. And, uh, and knowing that, you know, this isn't all your fault. It, it is, and don't, don't beat yourself over it. They're having a hard time. They're going through this. You know, again, like you said, broken brokenness on top of being a teenager can lead to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't be surprised by it. Um, yeah. So. And it happens in every context. Don't think it don't happen in middle class or absolutely working nah. class. Whatever it's is there. My, my parents were at the courts with with my older brother all the time. <laughs> we mm. we came from money, so you know that's just that's not the right. It's people. Amen. Real briefly, homelessness. Mm-hmm. I know you've had it's it's not it's not an incredibly common thing, but at least a few youth who have become homeless. Yeah, uh, Blake, you had a kid living with you for a while, right? Yeah. So what what, what have you guys learned about that particular <laughs> challenge? Yeah, I mean, different. There again, every story is different. Everything. It, it might be that a kid is just not listening to the parent at all, and they have no idea what to do except for the fact that you can't live here anymore because you're you're just raising hell inside the house all the time. Mm-hmm. And then that kid has nowhere to go, so they're living with a girlfriend. They're ho- you know they're kind of house hopping. They'll stay here for the night. They'll stay there for the night. But they really are homeless in the sense that they don't have a permanent address right. home. Yep. Um, so that that's kind of more common than not. This one particular one was just mom got evicted, only could take two kids with her to the new place to live with her cousin. Oldest was in high school, didn't have anywhere to live, asked if we would take this, this student in. We took him in as newlyweds for about a month and, and realized we are ill-equipped to raise a 17-year-old mm. uh, when we've never had any kids and don't know how to do this. Um, it wasn't bad. It just became like, what are we getting into? What's right. the boundaries here? Um, and just wanting to love and be a part of it. So we, we waited. We helped them find a, a permanent place to stay until mom could get back on her feet. A, fr- a really close friend to the family that uh, that would take him in um, until she could get another place eventually. But um, but it went on like that for about a year. Um, and this kid didn't live with his parents or his, his mother for a year, uh, maybe nine months or so. But uh, 
you know, and it's okay. Like you don't have to feel guilty that they can't live with you. you that, that's right. not an obligation. Yeah. Um, we were willing to do that, but we also had to, we had to draw family lines and realize that actually this is probably not the best. This is, gets back to the, like Messiah complex. Are we doing this because we want to feel important right. that we're we're right. the saviors and we're helping, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. really easy to do, or are we actually thinking about what's best for you and this is not best for you being here? Um, so, and it's not best for us. And you need to think about that as a, as a kind of leader of your family. Huge issues. Yeah, and they're again, they're all different. There's no formula how to do this, but um, that is helpful. As Joel said earlier, when you have relationships with family, you understand family dynamics. You can come back and talk. Because I, I have had times where I've talked to a certain parent. She put our son out. Some was doing wrong, and then she would start to warm up to letting him come by for meals and do his laundry, but he mm-hmm. couldn't stay there. And then eventually, she let him. As he did that well, he could come back and stay there. Um, but these are just the dynamics that you wrestle with, and then you you wrestle with well, like, do I then call the state in? Right. You know, where, where's the line? How do you? Where, what are you responsible for? What are you not responsible for? Uh, is it better to get the state involved and do foster care and all these other things? Um, so a lot, it's it is. It's, it's very complicated. Now I, I, I've never dealt with so, sort of person who's me directly. It was this one young lady. Um, still talk to her today, but uh, she she came home one day and her doors were locked. I mean, that's how it was. She came home one day. Her father and her brother were gone. Yeah, and she had no place to go. Doors were the locks were changed. All her stuff was uh, inside. And so she stayed with one of our coworkers for about three months. Hmm. Um, and the father was still around, just kind of left. We don't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it never directly happened to me. And I think Blake is right. You, you might not know how to deal with these situations. I, I wouldn't have known how to deal with it if she came to me because being a, a young man, I wouldn't know what to do. Sure. Um, uh, where would she stay? Where would she go? Well, she doesn't have no family. Should we call the state? Does she feel like we're rejecting her? If we call the state and all these things, and you don't know. That's why, as a youth youth pastor or youth minister, whatever, get all the help you can get from schools, everything, teachers, yeah, yeah. social workers, social. Get all of that because all that comes with the territory. Sure, you can't think. Well, I'm doing this one thing. I got it. Mm-hmm. I got it because again. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Luckily, the coworker who was single took her in, and she, you know, and she was a female, so they were able to live, and everything will be okay. Um, but if it was just me, I wouldn't know what to do. Mm. I wouldn't know. That's why you have to always have a partner or, or talk with somebody. You got to build a team. You can't yep, do this you alone. have to build a team to where if something crazy happened, you can pick up the phone and say, "Hey, this is what's going on. What do I do?" Yeah. And they need to tell you. You you need to build a team and a partnership so good that you can call somebody two in the morning. Hey man, this yep. is what's going on. What yeah. do I do? This is happening. Yeah, this is what you do. You take them here. Yeah, right. Tomorrow morning, or this will happen. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. This is what you do. Yeah. Otherwise, if you don't, if you're not doing that, you will be in a real bad predicament. Yeah. To where mm-hmm. you might do something that might be illegal. Right. Or something that could really get you in a lot of trouble, or it could really just hurt the kid, or could really yeah. hurt the kid, or just burn you out, or just burn because you because out. these yeah. issues don't end; they just they they're, don't. They're chronic uh, in, yes. in the communities that we're we're talking about. And it, you know, I'll give you an instance: I'm on vacation in Florida with my family. Um, get a call: we're being evicted. Uh, within a day, they're coming to lock the keys up. Can you can you get us? 
you know, twelve hundred dollars to pay our rent. Mm-hmm. No, no, I can't. But I'm gonna. I'm in Florida. Let me call one of our deacons, and he'll he'll come over mm-hmm. and just kind of figure out what's going on. Because I can't get to the bottom line. Right. Unfortunately, there's a lot of shame, and people do things the very last hour where you can't help or do anything, and so mm-hmm. the consequences just have to go through. Um, had you, you know, if you understand the eviction process, someone should have been right. talking about this a month ago, but there's nothing, right. you're, you're talking, the person's coming to lock your house up and now you want my help. So, so, so but what the point taken mm. is if I handled all that and I'm thinking yeah. my vacation's ruined, my family's on the yes. beach by themselves without me cause I'm on yeah. phone, you know, I call the deacon up, get the deacons involved, call a volunteer up who's a part of the youth ministry, get them involved. And just say, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm can't be there. Can you help with this? This is what's going on. You know, it's a team. You can't do it alone. Yeah. And, and and please, and Blake said it. You're gonna feel like you can handle it. You're gonna have this <laughs> the missing accomplice. It, it, it's gonna happen. Jesus might want to teach you a thing or two. Yeah, he might. <laughs> he might just say, you know what you need to do? Call the state. Leave it alone. And trust me. Yeah. And for some of us, let's be honest, it's not gonna be enough. And some of us are gonna have to learn the hard way. Yeah. But you might listen to this podcast and think. Well, I got it. I, I kind of know what to do. I, I'm going to take them in, and I'm going to do yeah. Joe and Blake, those guys are wimps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they don't know what they're doing. They, they, we are. And guess what? We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of times we don't know what we're doing, and that's why we have to trust in God that God gives us people to help. God built up a church, a yeah. corporate body. Nobody has ever been alone, even Moses. Yeah. If you read in Exodus, Moses couldn't do everything. Jethro, his father-in-law, said, you can't do all this by yourself, man. Mm-hmm. You need people to help you. Yeah. So don't think, well, I got it. Blake and Joel are wimps. They don't, they, they don't know how to experience. Well, you might be right. We might not. Got, we don't have it. We don't know. But we know Jesus. And we know that we can't do it by ourselves. And we know at the end of the day, God is going to work it out. You have to do the same exact thing. If you're in this situation, get some help. Mm. Or if you're just starting a youth ministry, start building up partnerships then and now. People who love the Lord, people who you can trust. And there might be some people who don't know the Lord who you're gonna have to or you're gonna have to allow God to work it out mm. to with these situations. Because like like Vic said, it might hurt the person or hurt you and, and Blake said, burn you out. Yeah. You don't want to be burnt out your first year as a youth pastor. No. You just don't. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff did happen within my first two years. Ooh, yeah. You know, and you're just trying to figure it out. So. Preach it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's wrap it up. We haven't even talked about one of the naughtiest issues when we think about parents and families in youth ministry, urban youth ministry, which is how do you connect parents to parents when you've got a youth group that consists of neighborhood kids and church kids together. Mm-hmm. When I say church kids, I, I mean... Outside the neighborhood. Kids, yeah, kids from outside the neighborhood, usually more middle class, right? Then you've got kids in the neighborhood uh, who are low income. There's some serious cultural differences there. Yeah. Uh, yep. How, what does that look like to, to try to integrate uh, the kids in your youth group into the life of the church meaningfully mm-hmm. and, to, and, to, and to kind of build those connections. That's going to be a whole episode. Yeah, that could so be a we, whole So we didn't episode. mess with that. Right. Um, but man, I mean, who is sufficient for these things? Yeah. <laughs> so how about we pray? Uh, Blake, would you, would you be willing to pray? Absolutely. Uh, about these issues and for the folks who are listening? Yes. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you so much for um, Joel and Vic and just uh, just helping put this out here. I pray that this would benefit people who, who are in these contexts and trying to love uh, youth in, in, in impoverished communities that are trying to reach them for Jesus and help love them. 
And Lord, I just ask that you would just, in the complexity of how hard life can get and how complicated issues can be, uh, that Lord, uh, that we could just trust in you, reign in you, and realize our, our our main calling is just to love you and to love our neighbor. And, and that be, makes it simple at the end of the day, but it also can be complex and we need you. And so Lord, we just ask that you would be with the the volunteers and the youth pastors all over uh, the country that, that are trying to do this, and that, Lord, you would uh, allow this to be a reminder that we're not allowed to do this on our own. Jesus, you sent them out in twos when you sent your disciples out. And so, Lord, there's there's a, there's a something about the church that needs community when doing things, particularly hard things. And so, Lord, I pray that you would be with them, you would raise up teams, and that you would help them to do humble ministry, uh, which is uh, not glorifying us, but but loving others. In your name, amen. 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 All right. Well, if you find this podcast interesting or helpful or just plain asinine, there are a few things you can do. You can uh, subscribe on iTunes or whatever your, whatever your way is that you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can review it on iTunes. Actually, I think you can review it on Google Play Music, too. If you've got an Android phone... Google Play Music has been uh, supporting podcasts for a little bit now, so you, you don't have to download a new app. You can subscribe to it there. Tell folks about it. If you know somebody who might get something out of this, share it with them. And if you want to kick in a couple bucks to help us cover the costs of hosting this podcast, that would be awesome. There's a simple donate button on our site. Our website is urbanyouthpastor.com. The URL for this episode is urbanyouthpastor.com slash three. And that'll have links to, to any you know books or other resources that uh, we mentioned in the episode. You can discuss this episode on our on our, on that page on our website or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash urban youth pastor. Last but not least, if you got any questions about urban youth ministry, send them to us. Hey at urbanyouthpastor.com or just give us a holler on Twitter or Facebook or wherever. We don't know much, but we know a great savior. I'm Vic King. Joel Brown. And Blake Shite. Peace.